genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one tear-jerking minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us today is my sister, Jessie, again this week. Why did you do this to her? <laughs> she wanted this. I actually I chose this. Don't judge me. <laughs> You made your choice. <laughs> well, at the time, I was like, yeah, you know, I love Boromir. I can do this section. And then when I got down into the trenches and the nitty gritty, I was like, oh, man, <laughs> what have I mistake. done? <laughs> what, what have I wrought? <laughs> so today we're going to talk about minute 193, which starts with Aragorn looking at Boromir, really sad, mm -hmm. and ends with Boromir looking for his sword and Aragorn reaches for it. Oh after we my get gosh. And this this is the minute, this is the moment where Aragorn steps up to his legacy. Yeah. It just takes him watching his friend die. Yeah. Slowly of horrible, horrible internal like trauma. Yeah. Yeah, this is so horrifying like we talked about the it, word you're looking for. This horrifying. These three big, wicked, like half inch thick arrows, just made of scrap materials and wolf hair and wrought iron. And Lert spit, most likely. Probably. Ew. <laughs> just licked the tip of every arrow. Do you think? He's like, biological warfare you, you think the reason he licks the, the knife is because he's like a poison dart frog like he's yeah yeah like, yeah that exactly would seem like more that. accurate than seduction so. <laughs> just eh, just a little like a is he like a komodo dragon there's like so many it's types gonna, of bacteria gonna, in there he's just gonna... got a symbiotic relationship <laughs> with all this terrible deadly stuff that lives in his mouth what's your teeth look Oh, wait, you're dead. Never mind. Uh. So, yeah, we, I kind of, I talked about this and kind of complained about it a little bit before when we talked about oh, Aragorn yeah. and Boromir's oh, relationship. Okay. I forgot. And I have always a little bit been like, man, Aragorn, you're kind of a douchebag. <laughs> because... Right. He, it takes him watching Boromir die to be like, I respect you, man. <laughs> Boromir hasn't really been that great to Aragorn either, though. He like has all this built up resentment and, you know, didn't ever really give him a chance either. So like it's probably Aragorn being a douchebag reflectively. Just I don't know, man. It. Well, OK, I I see this less of a I don't respect you even though we've been traveling together for months at a time I see this as more of Aragorn's reconciliation because 
in the, if I'm understanding the timeline right, which to be fair, I apparently rarely understand what's going on with this movie's timeline. They had a really intense fight last night. Yeah. And neither of them got any sleep. Neither of them got any sleep. The next morning, they're still, like, seething. Right. Aragorn's taking out his resentment on Gimli. So... And Boromir's just not spoken now, in the boat yeah, with Merry and Pippin. Now this has happened. So I feel like this moment is Aragorn saying, no, I do respect you. I'm still with you. Like, you know, I'm back where we were. Like, peak Aragorn and Boromir in right. Lothlorien. Yeah. I'm returning us there before yeah. you die. I don't know, man. Like, I've always felt like because of the way the moments are put together, I'm always when that that fight happens on the riverbank mm -hmm. the night before this, I'm always just like, man, Aragorn, this is a step back because <laughs> he's just like. Because after that really like inspiring discussion, like description from Boromir and Aragorn kind of wistfully says, I've seen the White City. And they obviously share like this moment of like vulnerability and respect for like Gondor and like what's come before for men. Right. And then they have this fight on the riverbank and Aragorn like is really dismissive and doesn't want to talk about it. Well, okay. And also like you have to factor in the influence of the ring as well in the yeah. argument. Yeah. Um, because I, and, like, it's like a callback to um, Council of Elrond, even though these people had never seen the ring before, just having it in their proximity, they're just, like, screaming at each other. Yeah. So, um, you have, like, I am wondering whether or not that argument that they have is even really 100% Aragorn, 100% Boromir. Like, if, if Aragorn's being pushed on, too? Yeah. It's certainly possible, but, like, what happens with Aragorn and Frodo at the top of Amon-Hen with the ring kind of implies that's probably not the case? I don't think so. Because he's able to, because the ring says his name. Yeah. but that's And like, he's just like, nope. That's a more direct temptation. I'm talking about just, like, the sphere of influence. Like, the ring feeds off of negative energy and, just, like, bad vibes and whatever. It, so, it, like, it's aura Yeah, of, no, it inspires it's gravity. Conflict. Yeah. Right. It's inspiring conflict because the more conflict that this fellowship has, like, the quicker this fellowship breaks up, the quicker the ring will return to Sauron. Like, that's what it's thinking. Right. Yeah. And it's little and, ring and, brain. And just has this, it's just this black hole of pissy attitudes. Yeah. It's just planting seeds. Planting Aragorn, Boromir's not great. <laughs> Boromir, Aragorn's not your king. Yeah. <laughs> just, 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 <laughs> you're not my real king. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, the ring is just sitting back and it's just like, fight, fight. Yeah. Fight. It's that kid in the lunchroom when there's like a tense argument and it's just and like, like, fight, fight, fight. I was like, thinking more like, like a catty real housewives, but. <laughs> it's just, no, I like the idea. He's like, he's like the guy in the back of the cafeteria who like bangs two trays together and starts chanting fight, fight, yeah, fight. Yeah. And like starts taking bets. He has no personal investment in this. The ring just wants to get home. Right. And the quicker they break it, they, he breaks up this party, the yeah. quicker. The, the tiny one's just going to run away. I would buy that a little more with Aragorn if we had seen more things to suggest the ring influences him before that. And we really don't. 
and then he just straight up looks the ring in the, looks the ring in the face and is just like, "Sorry, buddy, no." Not today. <laughs> Nancy Reagan taught me well. Just say no. <laughs> oh my god. Eighties uh, kid. kid. <laughs> no. Nobody is safe from our podcast. Not even Nancy Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> do you think aragorn believes in reaganomics <laughs> i mean as a good son of gondor would right. i mean he's a king <laughs> and if the king if the kingdom is doing well the people are doing well This is Hobbit capitalism all over again. Right. Uh, <laughs> Hobbits are socialist and they live in their own little... Well, not... Well, but we know they're not. Uh, <laughs> if they were socialist, um, the Sackville Bagginses wouldn't be all up in, in Bilbo's... They're just greedy. Like, <laughs> stuff. They're just greedy. Sometimes, some people are just greedy. It doesn't matter what economic system they live in. Anyway, so, taking it back to depression, depression taking it, town. Taking it back. Um, <laughs> I think that because of the way that scene is cut with their argument on the bank of the river um, and the presence of Gollum there as well, hmm. I think that it's implied that this is the ring stirring yeah. up some trouble. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's also the fact that like the really point, the, the really pointed thing that Aragorn says comes after Boromir, like physically inserts himself into like in Aragorn's space, he grabs him. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that's all Aragorn, because before that moment, he's dismissive, but he's very calm. And then once Boromir invades his personal space and like, and really latches onto him and pulls him back into yeah. this conversation, that's when Aragorn gets really snippy. So I think that that's Aragorn. Well, I think it it's Aragorn, but it's also Aragorn magnified. Boromir right. is definitely being magnified by the ring because that's his whole arc and like right. yeah. the movie pounds that into us again and again and again. Because we've seen Aragorn like grab Frodo when he didn't like what Frodo did yeah. in the pub. <laughs> like, Just hey. bodily grab this two foot tall thing and <laughs> drag him upstairs. So he's not above being like physically combative right. with his allies. But I think that the presence of the ring magnifies it. Mm. So I, I think now that... Because he makes a point of saying the ring is beyond our reach now. Yeah. So I think that is the way of like... I don't know, like a palate cleanser. Like these are these two characters at their core mm. sharing one last moment together. Yeah. I don't know. It's always It's always come off to me like until... The moment when Boromir is just like, no, leave it in. I'm done. Mm -hmm. That Aragorn is still just kind of like. He's still like not happy about everything that Boromir has done. And then like that moment there when Boromir is just like, no, man, just let me die. Aragorn's attitude completely shifts. Well, I don't think that. He's not happy. Like, he definitely that. cares about Boromir. I'm not saying he doesn't care about yeah. Boromir. Because his first reaction is, like... No! <laughs> yeah, like, he... I, 
when he hears the horn, he's just like, oh, Boromir. And he just, like, you know, shoves the orc out of the way and just starts running right. for it. Right. So it's not that he doesn't care. I think, I don't know. I don't know. He's also probably just, like, coming off of, like... The this, adrenaline like, of, like, yeah. fighting alerts. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. To me, part of this whole deal has always come off just just because of how the just because of the way that their relationship has been framed so far mm -hmm. to me it's always come off a bit like this is me just telling you what you need to hear on your deathbed but I, I it's through these moments that aragorn actually believes what he says but i i've always got the impression that it starts off as the no man i'm just i'm trying to comfort you kind of thing but like through this conversation and through like seeing what happens and getting a little more understanding is when aragorn's just like Nah, man, Boromir was pretty awesome. It does culminate in a pretty oddly beautiful and severely depressing moment when he's like... Which we'll get tomorrow. Hmm? We'll get the really depressing moment tomorrow. Oh, well, fine. The lesser depressing moment. <laughs> <laughs> when he's like, I will not let the White City fail. I will not let our people... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Boromir's like, for a moment, Boromir's like, our people? And then he's like, ah, yes, our people. <laughs> Just, what do you mean, our people? Yeah, he like repeats it to himself like he doesn't believe it. And then he's like, yes, our people. It's like a beautiful bonding yeah. moment. That's why I think it's Aragorn's way of apologizing for their fight. Because Boromir's like, well, you have no trouble trusting the elves. And, yeah. you know, Aragorn's like, men are stupid. <laughs> and, like, I think it's it's kind of a big deal that, or it's very significant that Boromir dies in his homeland, technically. Yep. And, like, surrounded by, like, the ruins of this civilization that has spanned thousands and thousands of years. And, like, I think that for, uh, like, it takes Boromir, because up until this moment, I feel like it's been the other way around, where Aragorn's outlook on things was a little more bleak. And Boromir, in their previous conversation um, in Lothlorien, was talking about, like, the beauty of Gondor and, you know, how inspiring yeah. it is to be welcomed home, you know, with the trumpets and the fanfare and the, the yeah. white towers and whatever. So... It, I think it takes Boromir falling into this pessimism, you know, like the strength of men will fail and, you know, my we'll city all, will be ruined. Yeah, we'll all you know, fall into darkness. And that is what, when Aragorn is like, oh God, is this, is this what I sound like all the time? No, that, that's, that sucks. I'm gonna, I don't know what I, I don't know what strength I have in me, but I am not gonna let, that happen to our city hmm. i don't know what strength is in my blood yeah specifically is what he says because aragorn doesn't question that he is strong i don't think aragorn questions whether or not he is strong enough to break the legacy he sees because he he believes he's he knows he's strong he, he just killed 100 orcs on his way to boromir well i think like it's, it's also like the one-two punch 99 of <laughs> i think it's the one-two punch of i have just resisted a direct temptation from the ring and 
I need to I need to pick up what Boromir started. Yeah. Like finish what Boromir. Well, I also it. think for Aragorn, this is like the first time like he's he has like one of his quote unquote subjects like in his face. Like these are my people. Like this is a real thing. Like mm-hmm. it's the first yeah. time he's like confronted with that. Yeah, because the uh which I think is also like kind of the crux of the fight they have on the riverbank too is that it's basically if if boromir had lived boromir would have become aragorn's steward so it it's basically like his right hand man being like dude do you understand like what i'm trying to tell you about the race of men about our people about all this this stuff that we've done while you've been fraternizing with elves (laughs) (laughs) Like you've been on holiday. Yeah. 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 And Writing like, poetry, whatever they do. Because the, the crux <laughs> of the fight they have on the river just goes right back to the first words they exchanged with each other in in uh, Rivendell. It's just, you know, we need to regroup and strike from a place of strength. Like, my people are strong. Mm-hmm. And Aragorn being like, your people are weak. Mm-hmm. And then they have that argument again. Which is why I, st- I feel like it's a step back because well, we see their relationship progress beyond that and then it falls back I also, to it. I also think that because Aragorn has been pretty consistent about rejecting the whole king thing. Yeah. Up until this point. Yes. So I think that when Aragorn keeps saying that Gondor is not a place of strength, that's him projecting his weakness onto it. Yeah. Like if I come from this this line of, of men who failed utterly to destroy this stupid freaking ring then what good is all the other people that live in that city basically i said i think that's him projecting his insecurities on gondor and boromir being like that's that's not what this is about this isn't about you aragorn take your head out of your ass for one hot second and listen to what i have to say about my people right and like in their fight in in boromir's call out like aragorn doesn't get it Mm-hmm. And then watching Boromir die, Aragorn's like, I get it. Yeah. That's yeah. what I that's why this always felt to me like, come on, Aragorn. Well, that's why I think that because Aragorn is so wrapped up in his own insecurities, I think it takes him seeing Boromir doing that to yeah. be like, Oh, that's not a good look at all. <laughs> also, like seeing what Boromir did in his final moments, like how hard he worked what he accomplished despite these obviously mortal wounds. Right. Yeah, he just tripped over like 30 orcs trying to get over here. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you you died with honor. There's, there's no shame here. Like, mm-hmm. you're good. You, you, you did good. So I think, like, it takes Boromir. Like, Boromir is the catalyst for Aragorn finally coming to accept that this is a thing he needs to do. And it's not from a place of selfishness, which is what, it, like, which I feel like is what Aragorn has been coming from previously. Like, I yeah. I do not want to be king. I just want to be a ranger in the right. darkness, whatever. Like, I, I want, I want, darkness. I want. Darkness. No parents. <laughs> Like it takes, I think it takes Boromir, Boromir is his wake up call and it's not coming from a place of I, it's coming from a place of you will be avenged basically. Yeah. But like, I don't know, to me, just because the the final moment 
happens in the extended cut, at least after what is essentially like Boromir hitting him in the face with a sign being like, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do right. for like the last three hours. And then Boromir dies and Aragorn's like, and then, right. And then Boromir dies and Aragorn's like, that's what I need to do. <laughs> he was right. And Legolas and Gimli are just like, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's what it takes. If you want to get your point across to Aragorn, you need to die in front of him. Heroically. In, you need to die <laughs> gloriously in battle against incredible odds, saving at least two hobbits. <laughs> or trying to save at least two hobbits. Not just All one. All you know is that there needs to be hobbits around. At least two. <laughs> at least two, but no more than three. No more than three. <laughs> the only name is three hobbits. <laughs> You need three hobbits and maybe something else. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like the setup for a very interesting joke. <laughs> three hobbits walk onto a battlefield? Oh. I don't know where that's going. I don't either. <laughs> well, so I mean, three we hobbits, saw where... 30 Urukai, and a man walk onto a battlefield. <laughs> Aragorn gets his sense of purpose. Yes. That's that's really what this, this moment boils <laughs> down to, is Aragorn finally getting his sense of purpose. Because in the, And the book frames him much more pessimistically here than mm -hmm. the movie, and I ultimately feel like the movie does this moment much better than the book. This is one of the one of those cases. And because in, in the book as soon as like Boromir is is dead and departed Gandalf uh, Aragorn basically falls into the like this is all my fault mm -hmm. Gandalf should never have trusted me with leading these people well in this moment um and not necessarily this minute but this conversation Boromir is that is that figure right Boromir is the one who's like oh it's you know it's my fault right but like in in the book Aragorn just circles right back to like Gandalf why did you trust me, Gandalf? Look what I did with your friends. I think that's a little bit more realistic, though, because that is one of Aragorn's character traits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the... he doesn't think he can do it. And he's like, oh, God, why? Why is this me? But... It's just the very melodramatic, like, forearm over the forehead, just, like, waving his arm around. He's just... Hey, he's just Gondor's resident drama queen. That's all. <laughs> he learned from the best. <laughs> Well, he doesn't. The resident drama queen, to prove how dramatic and extra he is, is Denethor. Well, yes, absolutely. And he throws that himself flaming, covered in tar, <laughs> off a cliff. Like they'll never forget me now. And and then Aragorn becomes the resident drama queen, but like not before the, not before the sitting diva proves why he's there. That's prima donna if you will you're right yes. he the is the prima donna thor <laughs> oh man john noble does an excellent drama queen it's fantastic just, just man and then then aragorn long way away. right which is why i don't care that we keep bringing up crazy old denethor I really enjoy Crazy Old Denethor. So I mean, it's great. the The performance is amazing. It is. It is. It's you like, have to just wonder. He has to be that crazy in real life. Like there's no way. 
It's like every Nicolas Cage movie. You must be like this all the time. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Never meet John Noble. Noted. All right. <laughs> He'll eat grossly at me. He'll make me sing sad songs to him. <laughs> and then he might set you on fire. It's oh. it's cool. And himself and everyone nearby. Oh, my God. And jump off something tall. So I don't know if I have any more notes about this minute. <laughs> it's fine. We got pretty. Uh, <laughs> we're out there. Yeah. We're yeah, we are. Hey, it's still related to Gondor. It kind of works. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In a way, this scene, when they first wrote it, they rewrote this entire scene a couple of days before shooting it. They... It was originally a lot more exposition about Gondor from Boromir, and mm -hmm. then they were just like, why would this guy on his deathbed just, like, exposit for our benefit? Yeah. So they rewrote it to be, like, just completely character moments instead of telling us anything about the narrative going forward. That's good. So, yeah, that was, that was a good choice. Uh, so thanks for joining us again today, Jesse. Anytime. And also on Always Dueling happy to discuss crazy old... Denethor, I guess. <laughs> right. So, also on DuelingGenre.com, since Minute Podcasts seem to be your bag if you're listening to this one, you can find Back to the Future Minute, Harry Potter Minute, which both I, of which are wrapping up. The Harry Potter Minute's wrapped up. Uh, they finished Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. Back to the Future Minute, I believe, is already wrapped up as of as of this publishing, though I might be wrong. Spider-Man Minute, which started recently. Yep. Uh, I think they're going to be in their, their sixth or seventh week, I think, when this airs. And Toy Story Minute. Yeah, which just recently which started. Which just recently started. So that's exciting. And more to come. Yeah. So, as always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. Hope everyone has a great Wednesday, and we'll see you all again tomorrow. Bye! Bye.